Hello friends and welcome to Untorn where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love. It's good to be with you guys. Welcome aboard. You are listening to the music of Martin Smith, Back to the Start. Absolutely love this song. It's great to be with you guys. I want to encourage you to sign into the chat room. We are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B, otherwise known as my living room. I'm Jay Trainer coming at you live in just a few moments. Enjoy the music. Again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Untorn Radio, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love. It is good to be with you all. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this week's podcast. It is Message Monday. I love Message Monday. I love each and every time we have the opportunity to get together. And Tonight, we're looking at this whole theme, this whole topic of what it means to understand a greater plan. God's plan. His plans, His ways are so much greater than our ways and we are looking at that reality tonight and I want to encourage you to fasten your seatbelts and hunker down we are going to be in for some pretty neat truth tonight it's good to be with you guys again I want to encourage you to please sign into the chat room if you are listening live and if you're not that's all right too I hope that you are enjoying the music in the background this again is Martin Smith back to the start I'd like to share with you tonight this whole idea, this whole realm of growing up. Now, growing up, I was always so blown away by how big the world is. The world was huge. The world was ginormous. Not too long ago, it was kind of funny. I actually mentioned that word ginormous, the combination of giant and enormous. They didn't believe that it was the combination. It was kind of one of those dull moments, like, oh my goodness, I couldn't read. I, I didn't realize that ginormous was the combination of really two words and for me growing up that's kind of what the world was the world was ginormous i felt like my parents were giants and they were huge they were enormous i had this feeling that i was kind of just this insignificant little guy i was scrawny i was just young and going through life learning growing kind of figuring it all out not sure what to make of it and that was me i didn't i didn't fully get it i didn't fully understand what it meant to live as an adult and even today I still sometimes wonder if I really do know what it's like to live as an adult. I've got three kids, Maya who's nine, Seth is six, Bree is three, trying to do the daddy thing, not always sure that I'm doing a good enough job, but you know what, it is what it is and we have a fun family uh, in the midst of it all. Things were always so new to me growing up. Can you relate to that? Were, were things new to you growing up? There was such an incredible innocence that came when I was at a younger age. Not so much now. And at any point, I believed that I could get squished by anything. If anything came along that was even just a little bit bigger than me, I knew that I was doomed. I knew that I was in for it. I had no chance of escaping the tenacity. I had no chance of escaping what they brought to the table. That's where I was at. That was my thinking. That's where I processed life. That was my viewpoint. I remember being introduced to the whole concept of God at a young age. 
and how huge and how personal he is. People were telling me in in church and in school and in my home how great God is and how huge he is, how magnificent he is. And yet he's also this personal God. He loves me right where I'm at. I was raised in a church background that really taught us how big he was and and that at any time we could be completely blown away by him. He's sovereign. He's the one that's in control. He's the one that could somehow make things happen or make things not happen for whatever reason. I don't know why, but I always viewed God as this big guy that always needed to be appeased. I don't know how much of this came from my own thinking versus the way I was raised versus the the messages that were put into me at church. I'm, I'm really not sure. I wish I wish I could give you a definite answer of why this was happening and what contributed to my thinking. I just know that I, I just know what my thinking was. Not so much about what contributed the why or the the what behind the thinking. What went into the thinking. As the wrong understanding of who God was was taking root in my life, it began to germinate. It began to grow. It began to become something not so pleasant, not so nice looking. I began thinking that I wanted nothing to do with this guy. Always needed to be appeased. Always needed to be held in high esteem. And and granted, God should be held in high esteem. Don't get me wrong. We need to treat him for who he is. Because he's God. And you know what? Quite frankly, we're not. And for whatever reason, I didn't want someone that was going to be constantly hovering over me, watching my every move and destroying me the moment that something happened that wasn't right. I was getting tired of putting on the performance of having to appease, appease, appease. I kept working for and trying to achieve this cycle of feeling like I was getting somewhere with God, but only to continually feel shame, guilt, and remorse. My friends, I don't know if you can relate to this. I don't know if you can understand my thinking behind this. But this is where my thinking was. This is where I was plugged in. In my understanding of who God is. Again, I don't know the full scope of who contributed to that thinking. Whether it was me. Whether it was how it was raised. Versus the message. The messages that I heard in church. I'm, I'm really not sure. But I know that that's what my thinking was. I always felt, I always thought that God was this big dude upstairs that I constantly needed to please. And the moment that I didn't please him was the moment that I would run into bad luck, bad circumstances, bad happenstance, all because of something that I did or something that I said. And that's that's really where I was at. I had a false understanding of who God is. And maybe just maybe tonight... That's you. Maybe that's your thinking. Maybe you need to be awakened to the understanding that there's a greater plan to be had in your mind and in your spiritual life, in your walk, and in understanding who God is. Good news tonight. Awesome news tonight. God has an incredible love for you and for all people in general. 
His desire is for all to come to a place of repentance. Now, I know that there's a danger in saying this, but I'll say it anyway. God's love is universal. Now, that does not mean, my friends, that God's love is universally accepted and received. That is not the case. Let me make that abundantly clear. Not all people are going to come to a place of receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. His desire is for all to come to, re- to a place of repentance, of understanding that they need Jesus. Unfortunately, and this is a big unfortunate, not everyone will. Tonight we're going to look at one guy here on Message Monday that needed to have a change of heart and a change of understanding. His name, you might ask, Nicodemus. And this story is found in the book of John, chapter 3. One of the most commonly used verses that people absolutely love to use is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. My friends, I want to check out this story with you tonight. And begin to think about the need for understanding that there is a greater plan at hand. And it's discovered in this story. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you, flip open to John chapter 3. And we're going to read the story of Nicodemus and how he came to know Christ. God, would you be with tonight's discussion? Would you move however you want to move and open our hearts, open our lives, Open our minds to the understanding of your plan, your way, being higher and greater than our way of understanding. We love you, God, and it's in your name we all say and pray together. Amen. Starting at verse 1 of John 3, it reads as follows. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. But no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and that people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. There's a lot to digest here. There's a lot to look at. But we're going to look and highlight three quick, three main points as it pertains to this passage and as it relates to having transform, transformation and understanding the greater plan that's at hand. Nicodemus came by night. That's point one, and we're going to look at this in a second. Look at the details. Why was that? The second thing we're going to look at is this whole concept of being born again. What does that mean? And the third thing is, what's our status message? More on that in a couple moments. My friends, Nicodemus came by night. If you don't know anything about the Pharisees, they were a group of people that were very religious in nature, very stoic, very into understanding that they had the law written down in their minds, in their mind's eye, and in their understanding, and that Jesus was a threat to their system, to their way of thinking, to their understanding. So Nicodemus came by night, and he came by night privately, so that he wouldn't get caught, so he wouldn't be seen by the other Pharisees, because ultimately he probably would have had some sort of bad reputation associated with his name if they saw him coming at night. So he came by night, or if they saw him coming to Jesus, period. And so he came by night. He came by night so that he would not be discovered, so that he would not be found out. And some of us will try and come to Jesus incognito, privately, which is great. But at the end of our days here on planet Earth, I've got to believe that our journey with the Lord is not just a private matter, but something that we are willing to express publicly as well. Likewise, it shouldn't just be a public thing. And privately, our hearts are corrupt and not being transformed by the ways and the things of God. The two have to align. Public life and private life, it's called character and it's called integrity. And maybe, just maybe, we should rise up and be people of character and integrity. But the interesting thing about Nicodemus, before I throw him under the bus completely, is that he had a spiritual curiosity in understanding who Jesus was. So even if we come by night, even if we come secretly, it's still good to come to Jesus in the midst of the curiosity. As Nicodemus spends time with Jesus, asking questions, talking and having dialogue with one another, Jesus brings up this whole concept of being born again. And Nicodemus is puzzled. Nicodemus is thinking literally. 
And when it comes to having a new relationship with Jesus Christ, when it comes to surrendering our lives to Him, yeah, we have one of those literal benchmark moments. But really what's being born again is what's happening in our hearts. Our hearts are refreshed. Our hearts are renewed. We are not the same person as we once were. Why, you may ask? It's because our new heart is formed by Jesus Christ. You have been born again. You have been renewed. You have the start over button. You have the that was easy button, spiritually speaking. Because ultimately, you have confessed your need for Jesus and his sacrifice. And you are no longer your own. And maybe, just maybe, you need to stop thinking of Jesus in this literal sense in terms of in terms of being reborn you can't necessarily physically see jesus but jesus did walk on this planet jesus did come and spent 33 years of his life tempted in every way as scripture says yet without sin so that he could be the ultimate sacrifice for each one of our sins Praise God for that reality so that you can be born again and that your life is not on this highway that leads to to destruction. But by being born again, what sets into motion is that your citizenship is changed and you are a different person forever. And it's time to start understanding that, yeah, you're not born again physically you can't crawl back in your mother's womb and be born again that'd be weird and that's what nicodemus is asking in this passage but you need to be born again in such a way where you are not serving yourself but you're serving the one who's greater you're serving god which leads us to the final point tonight our status message We love to quote John 3.16. God's job is to save through his son Jesus. But before that, or rather after that verse, verses 17 and 18, our status without Jesus is that we are condemned. And all too often, we try to rewrite our status message ourselves when the only one who can rewrite it is Jesus. The fact of the matter is we are all needing his grace. We're all needing his love. And that we can't do it by ourselves. Our status message can't be changed by ourselves. And for and for our own benefit, it just can't be done. It has to be changed eternally by him. There's a greater power at work in our world today, and it's found in the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And that, my friends, is tonight's main untorn message. He has to rewrite your status message. As I cue up some music and wrap up with some final thoughts, this is the music of Andy Needham. The Andy Needham Band, all for you. The all of who we are needs to be all in for who Jesus is. Maybe tonight you need to experience his love and amazing grace. Maybe that's you. Maybe tonight you don't or shouldn't come to Jesus' secret 
secretively, in private. But maybe you need to come boldly in confidence, as it talks about in the book of Hebrews. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, we are able to approach the throne of grace with confidence. And that passage is found in Hebrews chapter 4. Perhaps it is time to reshape your understanding of needing to be born again. You are born again when you are in Jesus. You're born spiritually, because ultimately it is God who changes your life and flips the script. We are condemned without Jesus. We need him to rescue and save us from ourselves, from our selfishness, from our ways, and from our sins. And the good news is that he did. And he mends the brokenhearted. He completes those things that are incomplete. And we need to ultimately move into that reality. My friends, that is tonight's Untorn. Thank you so much for being part of our story. And thank you for allowing us to be part of yours. I want to encourage you to check out check us out on iTunes. Previous episodes of the Untorn podcast are available right through iTunes. You can download it today, whether it's subscribe to it today. You can do that on a Mac, a PC, whatever the case may be. No pun, no rhyme intended on that one. Also, don't forget to check out our Infusion Now app. You can engage the Bible through Infusion Now, also available on Google Play and the iOS app stores. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in partnering up with Compassion International, check out our website, compassion.com slash infusion. Thanks for tuning in to Untorn, where we broadcast life and broadcast love. From Studio 14B, I'm your host, Jay Trainer. We'll see you on Thursday for Follow-Up Thursday as we continue to answer the question, what is the greater plan at hand in our lives? God bless you. We will see you on Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on untorn.net. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hey, you with the rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with a 1,200-square-foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down payment on a fixed-rate loan, my human realized a new home was within reach. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof.
Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed-rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLS ID 399801.